Hello, you're listening to Talking Testimonies, a podcast with me, Alicia, and guests including of my family and friends, talking all things Jesus, marriage, faith, and the hard conversations of life that we tend to avoid. So get cozy, get a cuppa, and let's get into it. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the first pilot episode with my husband Joanne. If you listen to that, um, today it's just me, so I apologise if um, you were expecting a love story this week. I just felt like there's something on scripture that I've held very close to me for a long time. Um, it's probably one of my favourite books actually in the Bible, but it's 1 Peter. And the reason I want to look at this today is because there's a testimony here for me. Obviously, we're talking about testimonies in this podcast. And I just want to speak a little bit on what it's like to live in the freedom once you've lived in the suffering. Um, So we're going to be looking at a couple of chapters. I think I'm going to start with (laughs) chapter one of 1 Peter. Uh, So if we go from... Verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy has given us a new birth and a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Those scriptures for me are key to a season I walked out, quite literally a trial, and I've found that I held those very dearly. Um, I think sometimes when a word jumps out to you, you kind of grasp it. And when I say word, I obviously I mean the living word, the Bible, but the word trial, I had to find a testimony in my trial before I could find a testimony. And the reason I say that is because when I was walking through a trial, I was struggling to see the testimony, I was struggling to see the other side, but I could look at the living word of God and see that there was hope. That there was a living hope and his name was Jesus and that this trial as it continues on would help me to have a genuineness in my faith and I think the season I walked through was really humbling because I had nothing I had no strength I had no wisdom I had nothing in my in my mind or my heart other than Jesus and I had to surrender to him and I had to believe in him as not only a just father but as a loving father that the reason I was walking through this suffering was not because he had put it on me or made it um, like made the bad arise in my life but more so that this was going to be a cleansing season that this hurt and this healing would eventually be something that he uses to cleanse me Um, I think one day I will speak about it in a little bit more depth but In this certain trial that I had, it was of the subject of um, sexual abuse. So when I say that the trial was confronting, difficult, revealing, 
um, triggering. It speaks a lot about maybe the mindset that I was in. I wasn't in a place of clarity, not necessarily in a place of peace, but I was in a place that was down on my knees and surrendered to my good, good father, no matter what I could see. And I'm not saying I did it perfectly. There was, so, there was one moment I remember so clearly where I was in my room with my friend and I was reading over my court statement and I was sobbing and I was angry. I was angry at the Lord. I didn't know why after so long this had been brought back up. Um, I didn't know why people were reacting the way they were reacting. It didn't feel fair to me. It didn't feel like something that would be good. It just felt awful. Um, I felt like I was getting the short end of the stick as we say, but things were being easier for others and more difficult for me. I was focusing a lot on myself as a victim and I felt like a victim. I, I feel like I walked through that a bit like a victim until I really understood that I had the victory, but it wasn't something that I read and could just know. It took me, it took me time. Um, it took me living in this book to really understand having wise counsel pouring into my life and reminding me of who I am. But in saying that, when I felt like I had nothing, the Word of God was able to pour into me. The words like a new birth, a living hope, um, that this this imperishable inheritance that God has for my life will not spoil or fade, that he's not taking anything away from me, in fact he's blessing me with with more. Um, and though I have to suffer, suffer grief in all kinds of trials, in all kinds of areas that I didn't want to live in, I got interrupted but I shall try my best to continue. So yeah, the fact of many trials I, I was walking through was, yeah, as I said, heartbreak, loneliness. I had just moved countries, so I was trying to find myself in a space I hadn't known before, whilst also walking through broken relationships and grief and hurt and all these feelings that came back up from my childhood, um, and then trying to find God in it. So there was a lot happening. Um, but if we continue on, it says, um, These trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Refined by fire. There's a song that goes, I want to be tried by the fire, purified. And every time I sing those lyrics, I'm like, oh, yes, Jesus, refine me. At the same time, I know the weight that they hold. And I was reading this, and I was mad that I had to be refined by the fire because it was hard. But I knew that God was faithful, and I knew that it would result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus was seen. 
I didn't necessarily know the fruit of how I lived in that season. I didn't know what it had done, who it had shown um, God's love to, but I know that it showed it to me. And I won't live the same because of that season, despite how hard it was. Um, it really established who I am in Him, not as a victim, but as a victor. I'm going to skip ahead a few chapters um, and go to uh, chapter 4, Living for God. I'm reading from the NIV translation. Um, but it says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, and arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do. The thing that got me there, and I have it underlined, <laughs> for you have spent enough time in the past. I don't know if that's a word for somebody, but when I'm reading it, I almost want to cry just thinking about the grace that God has. The grace that our Father meets us with when we can't seem to get out of our rut that's in the past that abuse that happened, that relationship that ended, that friendship that broke down, that relationship with your parent that's not the same as what it once was. All of these things that we tend to live in, in the past, He is doing a new thing. His mercies are new every morning. He is the reason we can live in freedom, live in newness, live in love. But we have to arm ourselves with his suffering because he took it for us. So when I say that, I'm not saying we need to suffer, but the attitude of being willing, Lord, whatever your will is, may I live it. If I have to suffer through this season, then, and it will bring praise and it will bring glory, then I will do it. And I will walk through the fire and I will be refined and I will be purified and I will come out and I will be praising the name of the one who got me through it. And I think for me, walking through feelings of abuse and memories of abuse, specifics of abuse, I had to draw layouts of the house that I was in, the room that I was in when it happened. Um, I had to make specifications of the person who did it. I had to sit next to the person who did it in the courtroom. I had to go in there knowing that people could have been against me. But I also sat in there and I said the truth. And I vowed on the word of God. And I prayed through the Holy Spirit that he would give me the words. I didn't feel like I could speak, I didn't feel like I could say the things that were true because I had to face them and I was angry and I was angry that this situation had happened, I was angry that um, the court case had been brought up and I, I remember just the bitterness that I had, not even at the fact that it had happened to me, but at the fact that this was a reality for many people. And the people asked me, why does 
bad things happen to good people and at the time I didn't have the answer. Now I know it's free will. It's not God who allows it. It's not God who approves of it. It's the enemy in this fallen world and people make choices that hurt other people but we can stand victorious. You don't have to believe that right now. You don't have to see that right now. But you need to trust that it's God. Because when you trust that it's God, you can believe for yourself that it's for you. And when you look at his character, I say you don't have to believe that right now because I couldn't see that my good God would do that for me when I was feeling so much victim mentality. But if I take the view off me and I look at my Jesus and I say, God, I know you are victorious. I know you are faithful. I know you are a healing savior. I know that you are kind. Then suddenly I can't think that he's not that for me. If you're kind for them, if you're victorious for them, then you must be victorious for me. If you left the 99 and you found the one, then I must be that one. Am I too prideful to admit that my savior is for me? No, I am humble to admit that my Saviour is for me. I am thankful to admit that my Saviour is for me. And from this position, I lived in a way that found victory. I didn't have to describe it. I didn't necessarily find it at the time. But I, I continued to live according to God and His Holy Spirit. And I just found the power and the strength so eventually, it took me time, eventually live in his righteousness because I was living in anger, I was living in hurt, but I found a testimony, I found his grace, I found his love, I found that sexual abuse did not define me, it would not define me, it does not define me, it does not define you. I guess that's really important that you know if you've suffered any kind of abuse, whether verbal, sexual, or you've seen it even, it's like the exposure to that is awful and I sincerely apologise. But I truly want you to know that even when it doesn't seem good, God is turning it around for your good. Even when it doesn't seem like the heart of God, you must believe that He's doing a good thing in the evil thing that the enemy allowed to happen. He is redeeming you. He's cleansing you, He's healing you. And it might feel like the, the ugliest parts of you continue to rise, but that exposure will be met with grace and God will just cover you. There were so many times through the court process where I was begging to God for Him to hug me. Then one night I said, Lord, I'm looking for attention in the wrong places. Can you please just hug me? Can I feel your tangible presence around me that I feel your arms wrap around me in the kindness of a father's love? And I was in bed and I was sobbing and, and then I just remember his arms holding me. I just remember the feeling of him just with me. Like my daughter, I am here. You are not alone. You are not doing this alone. I have not left you. I'll give you the words. I'll give you the people. I'll give you the way. Just obey. And I've never felt the Lord's presence as tangible as when I didn't know how to do what I needed to do. 
how I couldn't rely on myself or my own strength. I didn't know the logistics of what a lawsuit would look like. I didn't know how to walk it out. I wasn't that far into my Christian life. But I met the Father with grace. And in that space, he taught me more how to live, not only for him, but in my identity with him. So I hope that that encourages someone. If you're walking out this season, please feel free to give me a message on Instagram, uh, Leash Fernandez, or tap it somewhere in the comments. Um, I'll, I'll pray for you, I'd love to pray for you. I don't want you to feel like you're alone in this, and I truly, truly will give you the time of day. Father God, I just pray for whoever's listening to this, Lord, whether they know the experience or whether they do not, Lord, that they would be blessed in your peace, that you may just cover them in a, in a warm hug, that you've met them where they are, Lord, whether it happened 20 years ago, whether it happened two years ago, whether it's old or whether it's something recent. Lord Jesus, we just pray that they will know your love deeper than any hurt, that they would not place their hurt onto you, but that they would be honest in how they're feeling. Lord Jesus, that they would find your comfort, find your arms, your wings covering them, protecting them, loving them, Lord Jesus, that they would be honest with you, real with you, that the enemy will not get into their mind and um, make them live in their victim mindset, Lord Jesus, but we cut it off and we declare victory. But God, no matter the circumstance, no matter how any battle ends, we know that the victory is yours, that you've already won it, you've already done it, you've crucified on the cross for all of our pain, all of what we would endure. Father, may we have a heart of um, suffering for your kingdom, Lord Jesus, that if this is going to help someone else, may we walk through it gracefully, may we walk through it with righteousness, may we learn from our mistakes, may we be in your presence, may we be surrendered at your feet, that we would cry tears over your feet, Lord Jesus, that we would be washed and cleansed, that we would not stay in the hurt, Lord Jesus, but that we would just stay in your presence, that we would not leave you as much as you do not leave us, Lord Jesus. Father, we surrender the, the hearts and minds of those listening, Lord God, and we ask that in whatever they're facing, whatever they may be going through, um, that you would just meet them there as a father, Lord Jesus, as a good, good father. And we thank you for this, Lord. We thank you that you are this amazing father. You are this gracious father. You are this healing father, Lord Jesus. Pour your love over them afresh. Pour your love in them, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this. We pray. We pray that your peace would surpass all understanding. And in victory, in Jesus' name we say, Amen.